0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Is It Peak? Today we are discussing the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul, Waterworks. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me for this episode is Johnny Cooper.
1: Hello everyone, Johnny Cooper here. We also
0: have Imperfect Dan. I trusted you, bro. We also have Rez. I just woke up from a really long nap. And we have the return of Cinnabad.
2: Hello, I'm back.
0: Well, before we go any further, as usual, we need to shout out the HN Films patrons. So special thanks to the ultimate fanboys, Fartzom, Lyra, and Bill, and our epic fanboy, Rhombus. So shout out to all of those wonderful people. So what is everyone's thoughts on this episode? Amazing. Ray needs your Emmy.
1: This is the most depressing episode I've seen in a long time. It had everything I've been wanting, you know, the the pressing shit, plus things I didn't even think they will bring up again, and of course Vince giving us the most keynote shots of all TV. Uh, he really brought uh he really entered and made one of the best episodes of the show.
2: Probably the best episode of the season so far.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's a potential front runner.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty
3: spectacular episode all around. And it's been giving us everything that we've been wanting, you know, answering a lot of questions, bringing up new ones. Uh, I think aside from
0: one thing, this would probably be my favorite episode. <laughs> what could that one thing be? yeah there, there was some parts of this episode mainly one part that like utterly fucking shocked me yeah
3: and i mean it kind of feels like we have no idea what the trajectory is going to be for the finale right i mean it's felt that way for the last couple episodes but yeah this one in particular
4: um definitely the granite state comparisons are valid because both of them are like considered or this one's considered, like, one of the more depressing episodes of Better Call Saul. Granted, is also considered, like, the most depressing episode of Breaking Bad.
0: Heading into the cold open of this episode, it is Saul bouncing a bowl against the wall, which is obviously flashbacks to when he was working at CC Mobile. Remember that epic plot? And uh, Francesca is on the phone of him very annoyed because he hasn't... He's just been sitting in his office for, like well, like, an hour or something.
1: You can tell, like, Saul is anxious in this opening. He's been thinking of how to, like... Approach Kim after not seeing her for a few months uh which the writers confirmed the divorce scenes take place the same year uh season five and six happened so saw changed like his whole outfit like his whole office look and logo to match that of like brba in just a couple of months
0: well yeah i'm assuming that um soul scene from fun and games is probably just like pretty soon before this scene
1: i mean i, I heard that the fun and games one takes place uh, a year before breaking bad and this one takes place uh uh, the same time as season... Uh, I, I don't think Peter. anyone
0: really knows when that takes place, but I it doesn't matter.
2: Peter Gold said so doesn't matter.
0: But yeah, then he opens up his little package, and it is the divorce papers from Kimberly herself.
4: Yeah, I thought they'd skip over that,
0: so I was surprised they actually tackled that. We did know that he was divorced by Breaking Bad, I think, because he does like, mention having ex-wives, but I don't know. Bob Odenkirk, you know,
3: it's so easy to praise him, but even for like the little things, like in this scene where... You can kind of see his mannerisms he kind of steals himself and puts up a wall before uh francesca sends kim inside
1: yeah and, and we finally get the purple joker suit from the posters but it's like a variation of it
0: yeah it doesn't it's not the exact same but it has the purple yeah is this like the first time it's rained during breaking bad such radical so
1: uh i can't remember maybe. i'm trying to think of another example yeah i think i think this might be the first time there's a uh, rain in the whole breaking bad universe
0: Okay, so after the intro, we get what we've been waiting for. Kim, post-Breaking Bad, in Florida. Now, I think we all figured she was going to look a bit different, but was anyone expecting a brunette with bangs? Nope. No. Nah. But yeah, Kim's living in her Florida house or whatever, and she has a... That's her boyfriend, right? They're not married. Yeah, it's a boyfriend, because at the end, he just drives away.
1: What do you mean?
3: Like, he leaves He leaves her house. They don't live together or
0: anything. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's just living like that suburban life i guess
3: yeah they did feel a little like jarring i guess just to see the the black and white mixed with like uh you know the scene of the like house party like how the women and the men are kind of segregated with each other
0: and during that scene they were playing that uh pina colada song which jimmy sang back in season two when he was trying to convince like the teachers at the school that he was trying to film on
1: yeah what a nice callback
2: quite a lot of callbacks in this episode
1: true yeah kim has changed you know uh She's no longer the Kimmy we're used to, you know? She had every, uh, she hides everything Wexler-like and is now your typical average... It's kind of good that you mentioned that she's hiding everything because,
3: like, even down to the fashion, she's wearing, like... We see her wearing jean skirts multiple times. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something Kim Wexler would wear. Yeah, everything's just changed.
0: And including her uh, sex life. Yeah, it's kind of shitty now. Well, we, 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 assu- we assume it is. Maybe she really likes it.
3: No, man, Jimmy would be
1: slobbering on the
3: feet and everything and satisfy her,
1: yeah, uh the show has never given us a actual i think sex scene with Jimmy and Kim Rad. We see like the prelude
3: to it, and then we see the aftermath, and we also season see- five was like the only season that actually had that. But, I think we yeah, also but- see them like starting to have sex in the background during the sandpiper mm-hmm.
0: call uh, and uh uh i
1: don't think it was anything like this one though i think this one's kind of kind of different you know yeah i don't uh, think we have
0: seen any straight soul pound and cheeks
1: you know it's some it's, it's with someone that's not our protagonist but instead uh it's a guy who looks like ken wins
0: yeah do we even
4: do we even know what his name is does he have a name i thought it looked like ken also it was really weird I guess the theme of uh, seeing Kim's new life is that she isn't as much of a uh, an active character compared to, like, how she used to be. Well, yeah, throughout this episode, you notice she
0: never, like, makes a decision for herself, really, until the confession thing, at least. Like, there's multiple times where people ask her a question, her, like, stupid co-workers, and she doesn't give an answer yeah and then the
3: i mean i guess the biggest one here is the fucking the miracle whip stuff you know everything she just says some neutral response like i don't know or maybe or something like
4: that it's a parallel to when jesse was in the todd lab and he couldn't make choices for himself bravo Vince.
2: no it's not
4: what (laughs) what? there
2: is parallels to kim and jesse but not that
4: yeah and she like goes
0: off to a shitty job well I assume it's shitty. It looks kind of lame. It could be worse, though. True. She could be working at like McDonald's.
3: Well, I mean, she's pretty. She's making a pretty decent living. She has a decent house and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely framed in a depressing and shitty way. You know, regardless of the money. I was about to say, did she get any fulfillment from like this job? I mean, probably not, because her fulfillment before was you know from genuinely helping people in the legal system
1: yeah she's unable to do the uh the work she loves because of the guilt that's been holding her down since 2004 you know just living a normal boring life where the most interesting that uh the most interesting thing that's happened to her uh, in months is probably changing the mayo in her sandwich
3: um uh, you know during that conversation with uh she's having with her coworkers, Mm -hmm. uh and they start talking about crack i thought that was gonna like cheesily lead into something like oh hey what happened to that that heisenberg fella
1: yes but you know
3: it's a good thing i'm not writing these
4: shows because i was waiting for the meth thing yeah i thought they were gonna bring it up i wouldn't not mind if they did do that but like yeah i was kind of expecting that but it's probably better that they didn't
0: i mean it would it would make sense you know yeah gossipy girls to bring some shit up like that i assume walt is still like a very popular uh person on news right yeah he's got plenty of 4chan boards dedicated to him
2: and there was also the cake where she didn't care about. They at, She was asking her if want strawberry or chocolate.
0: And then she gets a phone call, and it's a Victor Victor Saint Clair on the line. So she like closes up her office. She like draws the blinds or whatever.
4: Wait, did Gene not use his name?
0: No. Yeah, he said it. He said it was Victor Saint Clair.
4: Yeah. But she knew that it was Gene. Yeah. Well, obviously, because it's the name that they scammed, It's her scamming uh... name. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't remember that. I remember I he remember used he, he used Victor like one episode or two episodes ago Literally last episode and we brought it <laughs> up. Last episode. Yeah, but like how would Ken? did, did, did he use that with when uh, yes when it was He was Victor and she was
0: Giselle I remember that was the, like the thing
3: the scam with Ken where they were pretending to be brother and sister Damn,
4: I, I was just asking. Jesus I Christ! Thought, I thought you've I thought you <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I don't remember.
1: Speedwatcher, Watcher, dude. Speed Watcher. I don't, don't, don't remember
4: I don't. I remember Giselle. I just don't remember uh, Jimmy's name for some reason or his code name. But anyway. So, so yeah, she obviously straight
0: away knows who it is, and we do indeed get to see the call from her perspective, and it is not good at all. <laughs> it is. It's like so exhausting seeing
3: Jimmy on the phone. Just talking about everything so casually, you know, saying stuff like, I'm still out here, I'm getting away with it. It kind of just makes me not like him a lot.
2: Reminds me of Walt.
0: And the part where he's saying like, oh, Fring's in McGround, Mike's in McGround, Lalo's in McGround, apparently, that's like, obviously, I already knew all those people were dead, but that's like when it really hit me, that like, all these people we've been following for this like entire show, plus Breaking Bad, to an extent, they're all just like gone and irrelevant now. The, was it German or French or whatever translation was indeed right with a phone call, and she was saying telling him to turn himself in and he did not approve
4: even with knowing the spoiler like it was still interesting how they it was like framed especially like after like all he was saying makes sense that she would respond like that
2: well i don't think the journal recording got everything though i
4: think it just got that part we got like some pieces of dialogue yeah it didn't fully capture just how fucking
0: awkward and depressing that call was yeah we're gonna say depressing a lot this episode aren't we what did jimmy really expect from that call yeah, he like calls up. He's like, Oh, he got, hey, it's me. You know who it is?
3: Yeah. And it's also like kind of a, not a callback, but you know, a reminder of the different ways that they handled the whole business after they divorced. You know, Jimmy kind of, as Saul Goodman, he doesn't really recognize everything that he's been through. He kind of hides all of it, tries to act cool and calm and everything, quippy. And Kim's just been really fucking depressed, hiding every sort of semblance of the original
0: Kim Wexler.
3: And it's, it's obviously been eating at her all these years.
0: Yeah, and he says he wants to, he said they should catch up. Like, what was he cooking with that one? Like, how is that gonna end up?
1: He's pretending to be someone, uh, you know, who's coping with the way he really feels, you know, putting on a mask like he does in the divorce scene and pretending like everything's been great or even better after they got divorced instead of telling Kim what he truly thinks.
4: It's kind of funny considering how people used to always like side with Jimmy, like over Chuck, like back in the day. Like, I wonder how they feel now. Like seeing
1: what's become of him.
0: Then Kim, I guess, has a moment of clarity or something and decides to go off to Albuquerque.
1: When they show the shot of Kim at the airport and the Alaska sign is right next to it, I was like, are we going to see Jesse? Is this the scene Aaron Paul filmed? But now thinking about it.
0: I was fucking scared during that scene, yeah.
1: Yeah, but now thinking about it, it's it's probably like a parallel to the later scene where Jesse's talking to Kim outside Saul's office. Like, the Alaska sign is uh, being there is to remind us where Jesse is at now.
3: But, uh, you know, during this whole sequence where she goes to the courthouse, you can kind of feel, I guess, specifically the echoes of Mike, you know, at the ticket booth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she obviously glances at when? What do you mean when? When she's getting the ticket for the car? I don't remember. Oh my, oh my God! What is your memory, Dan? <laughs> I do the not fucking... remember. I, I, I don't remember know. I remember mean, entering the. It was. It was a very. It was like a five-second scene, but I feel like everyone just kind of felt Mike's, I guess, past presence there. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. He got replaced by a shitty machine. Seeing the courthouse and like black and white stuff was like really weird in a good way.
2: Was it a good way though?
0: Good for the episode. Was it though? <laughs> fuck fuck off <laughs> we, uh, we should also talk
3: about you know there's a specific scene in the courthouse where Kim is looking at another like young promising attorney and it's obviously a reflection of her old self you know someone who genuinely like loved to help people this lady is helping her client put on a tie telling her what the judge is expecting to see and everything and it's a uh, pretty fucking depressing I
0: was really hoping it was going to be Christy Esposito but it's not that's what I thought at first Should have been Aaron.
1: Yeah, this whole scene was like a trip down memory lane for her. You know, seeing others do the job she still could have had and doing what she loved had it not been for what she did earlier this season. I did wonder why she even went there in the first place. And uh, it's revealed that she went there to submit her confession that she also gave to Howard's wife.
0: I'm surprised we didn't get Oakley, Bill Oakley somewhere there. Or well, it probably would have been out of, out of place if he showed up as like, what, what's up? It's me, Bill Oakley.
3: Yeah, not not going to lie. When she was starting to glance over at the attorney, I was half expecting to see Bill Oakley, like at the vending machine, trying to get some mm-hmm. chips or something.
0: He's still trying to get it to work. And, and then um after that, it just cuts straight away to the thing I was, I don't think anyone on planet Earth was expecting fucking Howard's wife, Cheryl, at her mansion house
4: yeah because like i was wondering like why was she at the courthouse but then seeing that scene it like all adds together
0: yeah, this, this scene was fucking insane she just have that gives her a written confession of literally every single thing that happened with howard
1: yeah i didn't expect the show to go this route uh during the final few episodes uh i mean i was I guess...
0: think i was thinking some sort of howard truth reveal mm-hmm. would be on the cards but not like mm-hmm. this and not from kim
1: yeah, yeah, I, I thought it, it, it will have been like from Jimmy when he's finally in prison and he's confessing to everything.
3: I think I kind of did expect Kim to do something drastic like this, but I guess in my head it was a little more dramatic, like her just showing up at the police station and saying, oh, I would like to confess to something. I didn't expect her to write this all out on several pages and, you know the framing of the words it's kind of a bit surreal to see it all described like that you know since we saw it in these past uh i guess six episodes it was almost like story like the way she wrote it
2: yeah the scene was really sad when she was like uh when kim said that he died quickly and um i forgot her name but howard's wife is cheryl carol
0: cheryl was basically
2: <laughs> saying that um she they ruined what who he was known as like
3: you know part of me was thinking that cheryl got up from the chair and that she was going
0: closer and closer to like fucking cloud kim's face or something i don't know yeah okay. i thought he was good too. she should have brought up what about that part where you fucking gaslit me into thinking he <laughs> yeah fucking...
3: in front of cliff main and everything chad main where's cliff main
1: next episode
3: probably retired, probably or, retired yeah, yeah, yeah retired. in a hole mm-hmm.
1: yeah or maybe he
3: died in the airplane the main family the main family line ended with combo so Also, I guess another thing during the conversation is that you guys were mentioning earlier how Kim is pretty indecisive, giving like neutral responses. But this is the scene where she kind of, I guess, grasps it. I mean, Cheryl asks her, do you think you'll get arrested? And Kim just straight up says, I don't know. And then Cheryl kind of rebuffs that response and tells her, no, give me a straight answer. You know, Uh, it is pretty interesting that she's still kind of protecting Jimmy, though. I mean, she knows he's alive, but she acts as if she doesn't know anything about him right now. I mean, she doesn't know where he is probably, but the fact that she has that knowledge and I guess withhold it, withheld it a little, it still says a bit about her.
1: Yeah. I was so happy. She finally confessed the truth to Cheryl. Howard fans took a big W in this episode, you know, (laughs) I don't
2: think they made a W because she just, she thinks that a confession could fit to everything and she's okay now, but that's not really how it works.
0: And also the fact that Howard's still fucking dead. Do we think they're going to find that body?
4: Yeah, I was I was wondering because didn't they already look into the meth lab? Yeah, but now they know that maybe
0: they could put together because like Gus Fring was involved with it, so maybe like "Hmm, maybe we can dig around in that meth lab, just dig down Mm -hmm. a bit and we'll find him.
3: You know, that's true because in in Kim's eyes, I mean, they probably they don't know where the bodies are, and they probably not they probably won't find it. But with her, I guess you could call it confession. She lists a lot of names connected to this operation, so they
4: might have an inkling, you know, because she's not aware of all this, I guess i really don't think she'll get arrested unless uh jimmy at least gave his side of it
1: yeah the only one to be able to bring justice to howard will be jimmy yeah i think he, this is how he's going to redeem himself in the final episode he'll confess uh which will confirm kim's confession and they'll both end up in prison i think which kim seems to want illegal punishment for uh when we finally see her letting out uh all her emotions out uh you know she you know she's uh Breaking down, you know, after spending six years feeling utter guilt, shame, sadness, and embarrassment for the things she did with Jimmy that led to Howard's death.
4: They could also connect this to Chuck in the finale. If, like, Jimmy did give any type of confession, like, who knows what the context will be. Maybe instead of getting, like, a Chuck flashback, like, we see him mention his, like, past mistakes, and then Chuck, Chuck gets mentioned.
0: Yeah, I could say some kind of scene where Jimmy confesses to literally everything he's ever done.
2: I don't think Jimmy is gonna... There's not enough time for him to redeem himself, but he can at least, like, realize what he's done. Because he hasn't really sat down and realized what he's done, or what he's been through.
3: I guess I just wanted to bring up that uh, we kind of do see, I guess, two sides of Kim's reaction to the thing, the way that she's been living for the past, I don't know, what was it, six years? You know, she goes, like, a logical route. She... Types out this long document submits it to the courthouse. I guess tries to give it to Cheryl in a way to not make amends, but, you know, redeem herself maybe. I just get this off her shoulders. But then we also see her on the airport bus, you know, letting out this really messy, ugly crying in public. And you could call that, I guess, the fallout, the emotional side of all of this.
0: We get the worst scene ever filmed in all of existence. Fucking. It's just like really long, her just sitting there. And then she just completely... Fucking breaks down It just like holds on it for like what feels like a fucking eternity
1: yeah lynch type like
3: you can kind of see how long she's been holding it in because it's so i guess like you guys said it's feels like it's going on forever and the people around her are i guess a little bit worried about her you see the
0: person putting the hand on her at the end i liked the guy in the background who kept like looking at her weirdly yeah <laughs> personally uh, that scene was pretty clear filler which could have been dedicated to more walter white scenes
1: True, dude. Really? Isn't
0: there a Breaking Bad character in the bus? Apparently. Oh yeah. Like oh
2: yeah, Vince Kogan's wife. She was a some teacher. At... Woman.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, back up, back with uh, our Sigma man himself, Gene, just broke into Cancer Guy's house, and this scene was pretty fucking uh, wacky.
1: Yeah. After taking photos and and stealing like all his info, w- like why did he go back? He got greedy, I guess.
3: He wanted more. It's really weird how slop. I mean, not weird. It's kind of expected. He's kind of in a, a bit of a dark bit of a dark phase right now. But he's very sloppy. I mean, he's he they spent all this time last couple episodes setting up these meticulous planned out scams where they leave no evidence behind. And you know, we just see him break a glass panel on this guy's door. And when he gets all the information, he just decides to go upstairs and take physical
4: things that this guy will definitely notice come morning. Yeah, I mean, like, at this point, it's literally just the Walt motivation where it's like he's literally only doing doing it because he enjoys it. And, like, there's nothing else in his life that he cares about.
2: And he thinks he can get away with
1: it.
4: Yeah, and apparently in the Insider podcast, like, Gould was throwing out the idea that maybe part of him wants to get caught. And also, I thought he was going to fucking murder that guy with that um, pot of ashes. Can we talk about that whole scene? Like, it's all chill and everything, but, like, once the cancer body. I mean, the dude. The dude's body. I should not say that. Once the dude's. (laughs) <laughs> once the dude's like body disappears like intense music starts playing and he's like oh shit but literally the second that happens it starts going like shaky cam as well it
0: was like classic yeah I, yo yeah the cool. the, fucking, the music and
3: the the shaky cam and everything it just felt kind of it was like ripped, hand-held from straight from yeah handheld ripped
0: straight from breaking bad i guess that scene just felt slightly silly to me in a way but it's not a problem the, com- the, the comical timing of it all, you know? Yeah, like the
3: way that, I guess, the guy just wakes up the second that Jimmy decides to go upstairs. And then falls asleep just before he's about to get murdered by ashes. It's pretty It's pretty metal to almost kill someone with their own dog's ashes, though. I guess I kind of predicted that he would get into a bit of a, a physical altercation, but... You know, I think in this one, he was kind of ready to do it. We've seen him have disregard for life before. Like, you know, when he sends people to just uh, clean up murder scenes or when he's like, oh, let's just send people, let's just send these people to Belize or something, you know. It's just shank badger. Yeah, he does have a disregard for life when it can like threaten his, I guess his pockets. But I don't think he's ever had actual blood on his
0: hands. And he seemed pretty ready to do that this time. Maybe he was hoping he would just knock him out. He would hit him like lightly with it. But while all this shenanigans is happening uh, inside, meanwhile, outside, Jeff's pulled up and then these cops pull up behind him. And were they just, so they were just having a break to eat some shitty tacos, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I find it funny how in the first scene we see Jeff in the show, uh, he's making Gene paranoid, uh, scared if Jeff uh, knows who he is and what he'll do. And now the tables have turned. Jeff becomes super paranoid uh, that he thinks the cops knows what he's up to, so he like drives off, you know, but panics and ends up crashing the car.
0: That scene, I thought at first when he crashed into the thing, I was laughing hysterically, but then I mm-hmm. thought, did he do that on purpose to let so to distract the cops so Jane could get out? Yeah, um, I but it seemed yeah, like a lot accident. of people say that. Yeah, I don't. But think I think it though. was actually just an accident.
3: Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was just because he was very visibly anxious, right? I think he's just an idiot. I got it. Yeah, I think he's just an idiot. And I think Pat Healy plays this like idiot very well. You know, (laughs) I mean, I'm (laughs) sure I'm sure Don Harvey would have been great too. But Pat Healy kind of nails the kind of, uh, you know, the anxious,
0: timid, stupid type person that Jeff has written as. Yeah. Pat Healy plays the ultimate beta cuck. Yeah, then Gene just uh, escapes. He just waltzes out.
1: Doesn't even care about my boy Jeff.
0: But yeah, let's move on to uh, the most painful scene of the entire episode uh soul and kim basically getting divorced
1: yeah yeah you can tell jimmy still cares about kim but doesn't want to show it he acts like he's even more successful and busy now now that kim is no longer in his life which in a way is true but he rubs it off on her and then when he asks uh why she's moving to florida and before she even gets a response uh he responds like oh yeah i don't even care you're not important to me anymore i've moved on it's all about the money now, which he even says to Francesca when Kim walks out of the office. Let's make money. Uh, it felt forced because it's, it's like not something uh, old Jimmy will say, or like, old will outright say, um, but says it just to show Kim that, that, you know, that's all he cares about now.
3: It's pretty anger inducing, I guess you could call it to see to see how he kind of treats her. You know, he the way he talks to her, like Johnny said. And also the way when he signs the divorce papers and he kind of just tosses them towards Francesca and Kim's direction. And uh, you can kind of see through their mannerisms, the way they look at each other. They still kind of have things that they want to say to each other. But Jimmy's obviously hiding it down beneath layers. And Kim's holding her tongue because she probably knows it's not worth it. She's talking to a wall. And when uh, Jimmy calls Francesca sweet cheeks in earshot of Kim, I think that's just... Kind of the shitty
0: cherry on top. I will say, on a um, MCU brain level, it is, it is cool seeing Kim in that version of the office. When he said "have a nice life," that uh, was I was like the low point. Yeah,
2: I kind of laughed. I don't know why, just because he was not even looking at her. I just thought it was funny.
0: I liked when he was just like on his phone, like looking at feet pics or whatever he was doing. It's like what like what what could he even do on your phone on those kinds of phones back then? He was just he was just hanging out in the settings app.
1: Looking at the weather. He was trying uh, so hard not to make oh, eye contact.
0: playing Snake or something. Yeah, he's just like me, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, the whole scene is just sad because, you know, we know he hasn't moved on and uh, he's using the Saul persona just to hide uh, all his feelings.
0: So do we think that's the first time they've seen each other face-to-face since the fun and games thing? It seems uh, like that's probably, the implication. Yeah, right? probably. Well, yeah, and and he was like, oh, do you like my shitty new office?" But and Kim leaves and, and Soul's like, oh, who's next? the peak he, of the he, episode Ami- emilio i was like oh my god <laughs> it's emilio my favorite character in all of breaking bad and he says some stupid line about how he doesn't use paper or something and then she goes outside and they do the felina thing they did the felina thing where the pillar or whatever just covers the person 40 year old aaron paul steps on in to give a fucking pretty good performance all things considered
2: he looked good honestly
0: yeah he he looked so good it was way better
4: than last episode breaking bad yeah probably as good as it could get for his age because <laughs> yeah. his voice got deeper did he
1: did we all uh fanboyed when jesse was talking to kim
0: i was i wouldn't say i was like fanboying yeah more bewildered like man but actually doing this because the way they were talking like oh we're only going to use walt and jesse for scenes that like we're going to use them in ways that forward the story or whatever and like you could argue this does do that but also this feels like something that could have been shoved in in like any point in the show honestly
4: you you know, seeing how like it kind of lingers on Jesse looking at Saul, uh, Saul's office, um, it is interesting that this is Kim's exit to the Saul Goodman world, and this is Jesse's like entrance. So mm-hmm.
0: minus the fact that we're still four years off it.
4: I, I will say it's pretty cool seeing it, you know. I
3: got, I it was probably pretty surreal seeing these two characters that I don't think anyone expected to actually talk to each other at all. Um, I think Aaron Paul did look really good, and he
0: was probably doing the best that he could,
3: you know, trying to emulate what twenty-year-old Jesse.
0: I feel like the dialogue was kind of off the, might, yeah, just be hater mode activating.
3: I mean, I don't know. The dialogue kind of made me eye roll while i was watching it and i don't think i felt that different on rewatch but i'm still really glad we got this and i'm
0: yeah i'm pretty happy that everyone is everyone's enjoying it you know yeah i I think i'm fine i'm fine with it it just feels more like uh like some youtuber's version of what aaron paul jesse talks like (laughs) you know yeah i mean it could be worse he could have said like 15 bitches and 20 yos but they kept that out at least i'd
4: have to rewatch breaking bad to see if this is like Cause like he he really went on a rant, and I'm just like, is this dude like high or something? Like, what's going on? I mean, he probably is.
2: I was pretty critical of the um the scenes from the last episode, but I really liked this one because we use the word parallels a lot. But <laughs> I think I think they're actually pretty similar. Where they're not perfect people, but they got their lives ruined by someone
1: else. Yeah, and, by um, by our protagonist.
2: And Jesse got away pretty well, and but Kim got a life she didn't want. Jesse got the life he was forced to have, then he was finally able to live the life he wanted to have. And it was kind of the opposite for Kim.
0: But still next episode for Kim to drive off to Alaska.
3: Yeah, do you guys think that this is
0: maybe foreshadowing a little bit her ending? No. You can never really figure it out, right? Yeah, i'm, I'm sure. not i'm not making any claims at all at this point because i just have no fucking idea
3: anymore. yeah i think i've been absolutely wrong on all my predictions except for the <laughs> one where uh after what was it called 609 where i said jesse and walt aren't popping
4: up next episode that was my yeah. only correct one it could definitely yeah. foreshadow something about next episode but who knows
1: yeah my favorite scene is still when uh emilio showed up i fanboyed when he showed up uh, which is weird because like, you know, Emilio only showed up, uh, he was only alive in like one episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, but it felt great to see like an OG from the pilot that started the whole, uh, you know, this whole universe, the first victim of the, um, of the Kingpin who Jimmy will eventually work for.
0: It did feel kind of inevitable that he would show up at some point, but I definitely, it was, it was just thrown in as it was like a curveball moment. I think, uh, I think the Mike scene from
3: last episode is probably still my favorite flashback to the, to yeah, the definitely. Breaking Bad era
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: jesse's still my fave for now
0: until the Walt scene next up until the scene where uh kim gets her car washed by walt that would probably be in the same i think ballpark as this scene yeah exactly after this episode this is not off the table this is this is, yeah. this is a possibility
1: not only are howard and emilio fans winning in this episode but combo fans are also winning you <laughs> yeah know, combo, combo or... gets a
0: yeah and he the thing that jesse's referring to is something that hank mentions to his dea cronies in breaking bad about how he stole a baby jesus from a church or something i wasn't i wasn't really paying attention to what jesse was saying though during that scene to be honest
3: yeah i think during the
0: rewatch i was paying not much attention to what he was saying at all
3: i haven't rewatched it
2: but it's just like really weird i was distracted at first because it's just weird to see those two characters talking to each other When when it shows them side to side together,
0: it's just so jarring.
1: Seeing an exclusive Better Call Saul character talk to someone from Breaking Bad was pretty keen on.
0: Okay, after that, back to Gene fun times. Gene's just chilling at his house, doing who knows what. And then he gets a call from Jeff, who's pretending that Gene is his dad. And basically he needs Gene to come over and bail him out of prison, jail, something. Also, and like Gene's like tone during the scene. He's like no nonchalant. He was like really, not weird, but like, off. Uh I think I had the dad voice. I think it was kind of cool. Was he actually put was he just putting on that voice for for cops but surely they wouldn't be able to hear him.
3: No, I think you're right. I don't think it was like a I think I don't think it was intentional. I think he was just doing it cuz he doesn't care about Jeff that much. Yeah, I think he was just having fun with it. He liked seeing Jeff kind of squirm. Yeah, and he's probably reeling in the, I guess, the supposed success of everything. You know, he got away with some nice watches and all the information.
1: Yeah, for a second, uh, I'm not going to lie. For a second, I thought uh, Gene was going to put on the red suit from the poster and represent Jeff as his lawyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My God.
0: <laughs> and Gene calls up Marion to get her to come with him. And I'm a little unclear. Like, what would why, why would he have to do that?
3: Because uh, I don't think he wants to pick Jeff up, you know. I think...
0: There's not really a connection. It's also to keep up an image, right? That's yeah. What oh, yeah. yeah, and maybe Gene doesn't want to walk into the fucking police station.
3: We also have to take in the fact that
0: he's not really taking it seriously right now. You know, he, he does everything so casually. Like his phone call with Marion, which leads to him slipping up because he mentions something about how, like, how it is in Albuquerque compared to Nebraska.
3: He specifically mentions that there's no bondsman in,
0: uh, in Nebraska. So then gene drives over there and he's singing some fucking song i don't know what song it is but it was pretty amusing it was giving me um Walt singing that song in breaking bad in the car vibes horse with no
3: name
4: horse with horse with no name
3: it was it was kind of giving me the vibes of from Bagman when he gets the seven million dollars and he's just oh, yeah, yeah. singing some stupid song on the way back when a
0: million dollars of cash on the wall or something. yeah and
3: you know in both <laughs> in both episodes he's driving back thinking you know he has whatever the situation is in the bag and then everything crumbles, you know, afterwards, after he steps out of the car.
1: Oh, yeah, which happens in uh, in the next
0: scene. Yeah, Gene walks in on Marion doing some sleuthing.
3: We get that keynote shot of the the Saul Goodman ads in color in the reflection of Gene's glasses. Yeah,
0: flashback to the pilot, the Nut pilot, first episode.
2: Did everyone else notice, already notice that uh, she was listening to commercials before they... Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I heard I it was pretty yeah. subtle but yeah was it was it subtle no. it was pretty fucking obvious i mean it i was, did not hear straight away yeah it's until, a little bit man. she plays it to him it's pretty difficult to hear until he starts zeroing in on it about like goofy ass fucking goofy ass like sailor music or whatever he had to be playing in his fucking habit. <laughs>
4: something like that
1: yeah it's crazy how jimmy got his start by practicing elder law and throughout the first uh three seasons we see him uh helping the elderly people out and the people from sandpiper and now a senior citizen is his downfall it's all gone full circle
0: yeah yep, yep. Just as some people thought.
3: We're also seeing Jimmy or Gene at another, I guess, frontier that we haven't seen before. Because we see him, I guess, almost acting threatening, you know, wrapping the phone cord around his hands. I don't know if he was going to actually kill it. I don't know if he was ready to go through with it, but it did feel like it, you know? really don't know for sure what was going on there. I feel like he definitely was ready to kill the the cancer patient. Or at least, I don't know, like, very, like
4: knock him out. I don't know. I, it just felt not. I don't know how to explain it. The interesting thing to take away from this is like how you feel fear, but like for like Jimmy, of all people, like who would have thought we would ever get a scene in which it almost plays out in a very suspenseful way, like in terms of Gene Takovic. Like who who thought that? We would think that with Walt maybe, but like with Gene, like it, it's really crazy to me. It, it plays off like in a very like horror suspense type way for me
0: yeah but luckily marion says i trusted you or something and that snaps him out of it for a bit so she can use her life alert and he basically he just lets her do it
1: you know uh jimmy has always managed to convince everyone throughout the series like tuco lalo and others uh but here he makes up like the stupid lie like he doesn't even care if he convinced her or not he was just about to jump right into just killing her just because and uh yeah like dan said you know for the first time uh I was afraid of Jimmy slash Gene, you know, because these episodes have established how he kept his previous traits, but he uh, has turned it into something more dangerous uh, that his old self wouldn't even do. Uh, He's become like more aggressive and unpredictable into, uh, you know, what he's going to do next.
4: It's probably my favorite aspect of like these episodes, just like seeing how much worse he's getting, even compared to how he was at Saul Goodman
1: yeah i do think he he was for sure gonna kill marion with the way he was holding the the phone wire i don't
0: think he would i don't think he would have straight killed her i think he might have just put her on the ground or something so she can't get up
2: i think he was in the mindset to do it he was gonna do it
1: i was so afraid of you know watching this character who felt sorry for like defending monsters like lalo and caring about people like chuck and kim Uh, About to commit his first murder after six seasons because he has like no one else in his life anymore.
0: Thankfully, he just runs off and then the episode just fucking ends. What's going on next episode? Last episode finale. Uh,
1: Can we talk about the teaser?
0: Uh, Weirdest fucking teaser yet. Like it's Jimmy's Suzuki Suzuki esteem. Uh, I'm assuming like years later, just chilling there and it's all like rusted up. And the voiceover is Jimmy, like, I guess trying to remember the Hoover Max thing. He's
4: like, just keeps resigning it to himself. That would be a good twist instead of like because most people are probably thinking it's something that's gonna happen in the future that could just be a flashback yeah
0: that's what i was thinking but i don't know it might be like the first thing he tries to do in like a panic after like at the start of the next episode yeah, that's what i was thinking too i was thinking that it was kind of throwing people off and it was just
3: him practicing for the actual phone call in the breaking bad era but yeah, like after the this episode, a ride.
0: yeah but after this episode uh i'm not sure
2: I do think he goes back to Albuquerque for sure.
0: Yeah, hopefully. The real question is, what the hell, how is that shot going to be used, if at all? Maybe the cops are there investigating
3: after they get Kim's testimony? Because, I mean, she does know about what happened to Jimmy in the desert. But
0: what would they be looking for, you know?
1: I think it's just going to be montages of, like, places we've been through in The Better Call solar and, you know, where it's at now.
0: Yeah, I thought an idea for the cold open next episode could be um, just, like, random... Like, a montage mm-hmm. of random locations and stuff from the past with, like, either some sappy music or just no music. Because I that's, like, the kind of weird artistic thing that Better could do.
3: This whole run of episodes in the Gene era has
0: been probably the most unpredictable that the show's felt. I really hope if he ends up going to prison, it's on his own volition and he doesn't just get caught.
1: I think Kim is going to convince Gene to turn himself in uh, again like you know once they meet each other in person
2: i'm going to make a bold prediction and say we will not see gene behind bars we might know that he does get locked up eventually
0: well yeah everyone's saying he's gonna go to prison and it sure is looking like that but then i keep thinking back to gould saying that like the finale is really unexpected and no one on planet earth could have figured it out he could just be trolling but at the same time like what what are they cooking like, is it an ambiguous ending where we have no idea?
3: Uh, I think if we're going to have to hard lock predictions now, uh, I think I'm just going to go with something generic. Like, uh, Jimmy goes to prison for a long time. Kim probably goes to prison for a few years, I guess, for her involvement. But there's probably still not a lot of physical evidence to keep her locked in bars, you know?
4: I, I would say maybe it ends in a slightly more ambiguous note than Felina. I think it
2: ends with, we don't really know... What's next, but we kind of guess what's next, depending on how we feel about him.
0: I think the last scene could just be him like on trial, like maybe like just before they read out his sentence it just ends. Do we think Jeff gets his happy ending or is he going to prison?
2: He's going to prison. There's no Jeff way.
0: gets uh Jeff gets vacuumed. Does anybody want Jeff to have a happy ending? Yeah. I want Jeff to ride off into the sunset.
1: I want yeah,
3: I want Jeff and Buddy to like live on a farm and have like twenty
0: dogs. Buddy, whole okay.
1: No, wasn't he in the ashes with the cancer guy
0: Dude, maybe the final maybe the final scene of this will be um, An ash like a pot of ashes and they'll zoom out and we'll see if that's actually Jimmy's ashes Oh sure who the fuck would have Jimmy's ashes though and then we zoom out more and it's in Kim's house Ooh.
4: <laughs> You should you should write this show all right guys. Here's another question. Do you think we will get a bit of courtroom drama?
0: I fucking hope so
4: I feel like they kind of have
0: to. I want this show to end in a courtroom.
2: There's almost always every series finale, they go back to the pilot in some way. They usually try to go to the back to the pilot in some way. So
0: I assume it'll be the same here. So what you're saying is Saul is going to have sex of a head.
1: We gonna get, we're going to get another scene with the twins.
0: Maybe yeah, it won't end in kids. a courtroom drama, but like we'll get it maybe in this episode. I want the trial of Saul Goodman so bad... Okay, here's my unlucky and misprediction. Uh, the word chicanery will be said next episode.
1: I'm going to say that uh, we're we're going to get QB and the Walter scene. I oh think I'm going to get You're the world's biggest QB fan, yeah. I think if we're QB... getting Todd. Todd next episode. It'd be funny.
3: God, oh I really, man. I really want a Todd this season. Yeah, but it's whatever.
0: They're mm. going to have a Todd scene, but it's going to be filmed entirely from the neck upwards. I think we're all in agreement that Jimmy's probably going to go to jail, right? Um, I don't want to lock it in, but I, I, if I have to lock something in, I will say sure. All right, I what are do you get-
2: That's a lock. I don't think.
3: What are you
0: guys thinking happens to Kim? Then I think that's maybe the point of contention. Kim walks. I'm locking in. And Kim walks. No jail time or anything. She lives a free life.
4: I'm expecting something cre- out of left field at some point, like whether it's the end or before the end, because like I remember Peter Gold saying something like. How uh, this finale does not—it feels different than the other finale. So yeah, that's I am kind of—that's expect- what's got me worried. <laughs> yeah, so I'm expecting something. Maybe not something super crazy, but like definitely at least one thing that happens out of left field.
0: It's pretty surreal that it's all ending. Yeah, I can't get—I can't get over it. Literally, the best show ends in less than a week. In five days, right now, I think. Anyone want to lock in any more predictions for next episode?
2: Um, it'll be similar to the sopranos mad men leftovers twin pieces of the return endings.
0: i think
3: i do want it to be ambiguous because you know looking back on it felina was kind of i guess too satisfying oh no i kind not i kind of want that satisfying ending i'll be real one last question i'll ask y'all and
0: it's a pretty simple one does jimmy turn himself in or does he get caught turn himself in neither i just want the redemption of jimmy mcgill that's all i want out of ratings out of 10 uh Perez, out of 10 this episode uh, First
3: watch, I gave it like a 9 because, you know, I wasn't... The Jesse scene was kind of an eye roll for me. I think I'll give it like... If I had to be stupid and give, you know, those decimal ratings, I guess <laughs> I'd give it
0: like a 9.5 or something.
1: Uh, Johnny Cooper. 10 out of 10.
0: Uh, Cinnabad.
1: 10 out of 10.
0: Dan. 12 out of 10. 12 out of 10. Uh, Yeah, I, I'm like Rez. First time I gave it a 9. Uh, It probably is a 10, though. Like, I don't think there's really anything wrong with the episode other than maybe the Jesse thing, but, you know, whatever. So that's all we have to say about Season 6, Episode 12 of Better Call Saul, Waterworks. We'll be back next week one more time to discuss the final episode of the show, Saul Gone. Thanks for watching slash listening.